a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you today, and uh, we are plowing through quickly today. Uh, again, so much to cover on so many different levels. Uh, really been looking forward to this conversation uh, with our friend Steve Hayes from The Dispatch. Uh, many of you know Steve from uh, his years of work as a as a publisher, as a journalist, as a pundit on many of the different cable shows. Uh, but I've always known him just as one of the great thinkers in Washington, D.C. Steve, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Oh, there we are. Yeah, we got you. <laughs> Love it when thanks. the technology thanks. actually works. How's Washington today? <laughs> Washington is is hot and muggy and feels a little swampy. <laughs> so business as usual, status status yeah, quo. Cool. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, wait, the first thing I want to do, Steve, is uh, you've had this uh, wonderful launch uh, of a of a new site and really a new approach in terms of of dialogue and information and news uh, called the Dispatch. Uh, that I think is just so refreshing in that it's it's real, it's authentic. Uh, and it's not pandering or catering uh, to the far right, the far left, or uh, who's in the White House or who's in the in any of the other halls of Congress. Uh, give our listeners just a little more uh, clarity and, and a view, vision, in terms of what you're trying to do with the dispatch. Yeah, sure. Happy to. Thanks. And we've been um, sort of overwhelmed and, and pleasantly surprised at, at our early success. Um it, it, basically, what, we've, what we're trying to do with the dispatch is give people a place that they can go if they're tired of just the, this kind of surface-level sniping that you get on you know, too many cable shows and the name-calling and the kind of silly back-and-forth that dominates so much of our political discussion today and actually wants to get a little bit more into the meat of the issues. So, you know, the question that we ask before we put something in one of our, our newsletters uh, particularly our, our morning newsletter that goes out every day called The Morning Dispatch, is, you know, is this something that's going to matter in six weeks? Is this something that's going to matter in six months? And if it is, then we'll do a real dive on it and do a ton of original reporting, and we'll really try to find out what's going on and explain that to to our readers. And, you know, we, we approach this stuff, uh, you know, these explainers that we do as standalone articles on our website and also include in the in the morning dispatch newsletter, definitely not as sort of dumbed down, but just with the recognition that our readers who are primarily outside of Washington, D.C., this is not an inside-the-beltway publication full of jargon, our readers are busy people who have busy lives and probably can't sit on the Internet all day and zip from news site to news site to news site to opinion site to opinion site to opinion site. So what we try to do is, with our own reporting and our own ability to monitor everything that's going on, distill all of that and kind of cut through the clutter and say to people, you know, once a day on the weekdays in the morning, this is what we think is important. It's written in language that we all recognize. 
and, you know, is easily comprehensible for somebody who's busy, but is, is nonetheless a sophisticated and thoughtful news consumer. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to do. And it's, it's you know, like I said, we've been really overwhelmed and, and gratified at the, the early success and we're, we're growing fast. It's been fun. Uh, that's uh, that. That's great. It is part of my morning routine, uh, and I, I do. I really appreciate the fact that uh, it's not so wonky that it's not approachable. It's approachable to people outside the Beltway, as you said, uh, busy people, people who aren't going to surf the net all day. And I also love the fact that you're not chasing. You're not. You're not trying to put up twenty seven new pieces of content <laughs> every day yeah. just just to keep up uh, with all the other websites. Well, you know, that's, that was one of our, our, our real priorities when we founded this thing. I mean, there are a lot of websites, including really good websites, where they do, do really good work, where if you go to the website, you have to cut through about, you know, 30 seconds <laughs> worth of downloaded ads or audio that pops up, and you don't know where it's coming from. Yeah, You're trying to click out of it, and you, you have to go through all this. We don't have ads, so... You don't have any of that if you come to thedispatch.com. In our in our emailed products, our newsletter products, this is something you sign up for. Give us your email. And we send you the, these newsletters. They land in your inbox. They come right to you. We don't – we're not selling or renting our lists. We're not – you know, we're not doing any of the kind of cheap things to, to make a buck. But, look, in, in defense of the, the outlets that are doing this, it's hard to make uh, it's hard to make a go of it in in modern journalism today. But our decision was, we've got some free products, we've got some membership products and membership opportunities, and that's how we're going to fund what we're doing. We're not going to have the kind of space invaders uh, ads coming at you and you know, assaulting <laughs> your senses when you try to just get some information about what's going on in the country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you've tapped into something that is so critical across the country. Uh, people are are tired of of having to you know spend time just hunting and pecking their way through a website to find something of value or something that can make help them make the news make sense and slow things down a little bit, elevate the conversation. Uh, and I think you've tapped into something that uh, is important across the country that people really are looking for a different kind of conversation. Uh, as it relates to to all things, whether that's uh, Washington D.C. politics or whether it's how you know things are impacting them uh, in their local community, uh, tell me what you have sensed. Again, you've had this overwhelming response. You've grown incredibly fast in these first uh, six months or so. Uh, tell me about that success, and then what you're picking up from your readers and what that's telling you about the state of the country. Yeah, I mean, we're encouraged. I, I don't want to. You never want to get too excited at, at early success because you know there, it's an open question about how long we'll be able to sustain it. But it's encouraging, not just in terms of the the business that we launched, but in terms of what it says about what people want from journalism today. And you know, when Jonah Goldberg, who was one of my co-founders, and I were going and meeting with investors, this is now sixteen, eighteen months ago. And talking to them about what we were hoping to build, we got a lot of enthusiastic support, people who believed in the mission, but mm-hmm. said, boy, do you really think there's an audience out there for, you know, a, a more sophisticated, um, less clickbaity kind of journalism? Because it seems like all all people want in the country right now is the shouting and, and the, you know, the own the libs or <laughs> brutalize the cons kind of journalism that right. you know that really has has come to, to dominate and 
we, we did believe with great conviction that there was a group of people, and a bigger group than most people thought, mm-hmm. who wanted to slow the news cycle down a little bit. You know, one of the things that we're not doing is we're not offering hot takes. So if something happens, we'll wait a day, maybe wait two days, mm-hmm. and, and then gather more information, put it all in context, and then offer some analysis that way. And people are willing to wait for good information. You know, too often you have people, especially on, on Twitter or on Facebook or other social media, something happens, people offer these instant over-the-top reactions to get clicks or to get likes or retweets, and then the facts change underneath them. And too many people, particularly those who are commenting on politics, are unwilling then to adjust what they've already said. You know, they come out and they say, oh, this is horrible. And then you learn 20 new things and they say, oh, okay, well, there's, there's an explanation. <laughs> Less so, <behind>. yeah. <laughs> and then they don't want to dial it back. You know, people don't want to, to, to say that they're wrong or adjust their views. So we're, we're taking a slower approach to the news. And, and one of the pieces of feedback that we've gotten from our, our members, we only have almost 15,000 members. We're, we're mailing to 75,000 people. It's, it really is a growing community. But, but one of the pieces of feedback that we get is is people are really excited to, to get the sense that they've kind of finished the news and that it's been nourishing in a way that a lot of their other news consumption it isn't these days. And it's, it's great to hear that, of course, because that's what we pitch. That's what we pitch to these investors, some of them very skeptical. So it's nice that people are kind of recognizing what we set out to do and that they want it. And again, we don't want to get too excited about early success, and we'll see where this goes from here. But I'm I'm encouraged that people want to change the dialogue and want to change the way that they're seeing what's coming out of Washington these days. Yeah, no question. And I I love that approach of getting past, uh, I always refer to it as instant certainty, uh, you know, where you'll have someone screaming something on one of the shows and then you know, everything changes. And so, you know, 40 minutes later, they're screaming about something else with just as much certainty as they <laughs> had on the yeah. on the first thing. And uh, that's but just exhausting to with, most people. Yeah, it's consistent with what you do. I mean, we've featured your, your columns in, in our worth your time section. And it's consistent with, with the kind of work that you're doing, where you, you, you maybe take a little pause or pause for a beat and actually apply some critical thinking to these things uh, before jumping out and, and come into a, a real conclusion. And we also, you know, I know you do this too. We also tend to focus on good news occasionally and not in the kind of, uh, not sunshine you know, and lollipops. Yeah. Yeah. Not like, yeah, not like the Pollyannish, like, Hey, everybody should, but because in the news environment, like the one that we're in right now, where bad news just so dominates the things that we're talking about. Good news actually becomes real news, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's it it is the then the man bites dog right <laughs> um, storyline, and that's been that's been great, and we and we go and report those out, and and, and I think people have appreciated awesome. seeing you know sort of even if our politics is is somewhat dysfunctional, even if we're struggling with what we're seeing coming out of Washington. If you look around um, past some of the initial frustrations that we see and the and the, the polarization. 
you can see people trying to help one another yeah. and you can see people coming together to, to sort of continue the, the American experiment in the way that I think the founders designed it, which is really encouraging. Yeah, fantastic. Steve Hayes from The Dispatch. I encourage all of you to check it out. It's part of my daily routine. It should be part of yours if you want to just step back and really see things in a new light. Steve Hayes, thanks so much for joining us today. Anytime, boy. All right. All the best. Okay, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, Tad Collister will join us uh, talking about the founders, heroes or villains. Find out next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.